It's time to talk all things Dirty Birds. It's Falcons Flyover. With John Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back in the Kia Studios and Sports Radio 92.9 The Game is John Chuckery Show. Live on this Thursday evening with you. 404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app, so you catch us on the go. Social media at 929 The Game. I'm at JMSH316. He is at DD Lewis for real. This is your night look at all things Atlanta Falcons. It is the Falcons flyover. So, Day Day, the Falcons will wear their red helmets three times this year. So, it'll be in week two versus the Green Bay Packers. Then in week six versus the Washington Commanders on October 15th. Uh, September 17th is the Green Bay Packers game. And then week 12 versus the New Orleans Saints coming up on November 26th. That's the Sunday right after Thanksgiving, I believe. So um, so that'll be the three times that the Falcons will wear their red helmets. Packers in week two, Commanders in week six, and then week 12 at home uh, against the uh, New Orleans Saints. So, uh, again, you know, Obviously, a lot of fans love those red helmets and stuff, so the good throwbacks and stuff. Yeah, I like them. They I, pop. I, I like the way they pop. I'd like to see them wear the whole red uniform, though. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I mean, red jersey, silver britches. I mean, you know, that's yeah. that, that would be that would yeah. be my ideal thing. But, um, you know, we can dream about all of this. All right, Day Day, do you remember how we talked last night about the pro football focus top 50 players, right? right? Mm-hmm. And we had talked about – they had already put out their list of 50 through 21, and there were no Falcons on that list, right? Right. Now, we both agreed Chris Lindstrom would be in that top 20 somewhere, okay? Yeah. And we both thought that A.J. Terrell could sneak his way on, okay? Mm-hmm. So, Pro Football Focus released their latest list. So, this is 20 through 11, Tomorrow will be the top 10 players, okay? So, okay. where do you think that any of the Falcons landed on 11 through – well, let me ask you this. Do you think Falcons landed on picks 11 through 20 as far as the top 50 players in the NFL today? Well, um, I would say if so, it would be to – and what we said last night is A.J., you know, around 19 uh, – you know, 1920, um, because Lindstrom, I think, is going to be top 10. Okay. So, starting at number 20, uh, Jamar Chase, Max Crosby at 19, Sauce Gardner at number 18. Oh, AJ's not in there. Um, <laughs> if, if Sauce is, you said Sauce is where? 18. Yeah, AJ's Is he not good? In. Sauce? Sauce is nice. Oh. No, say. No, oh, you mean no. yeah? <laughs> is, is he good? Say he's the best corner. Oh yeah, in the NFL. he's the best corner in the oh, NFL. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How long did it take him to become the best corner in the NFL? Oh, say not, after one year. Yeah, I was about to say not oh, long. One oh, year. Oh, oh. Where was he drafted? Was he drafted fifteenth? Oh. Say he was a first round. Pick. He was first round. Yeah. Oh, okay. Do we have a, a guy that's a first round pick that hasn't established himself as the best player in his position? Oh, sorry. Anyway. Uh, Derwin James comes in at number uh, 17, Tyreek Hill at number 16, Lane Johnson at 15, Fred Warner at uh, number 14, T.J. Watt at number 13, Josh Allen uh, at number 12, 
and Justin Jefferson at number 11. So no Falcons have uh, appeared in this. Um, again, this is 11 through 50. No Falcons have appeared. So, um, yeah, it's coming down on Lindstrom. I'm, yeah, it's only going to be Lindstrom. Yeah, if, that's if, it. if it is anybody, it will be Lindstrom. And if if it is, that says a lot about Lindstrom. I mean, that, that says a lot if he's ranked in their top 10 because I know they think really highly of him. I, can I tell you, I don't think Lindstrom's going to make it. You really, you don't? Well, I mean, think about, okay, think about the players we haven't seen, right? Okay. Okay, no Mahomes so far. True. No Joe Burrow so far. No Parsons either, right? Um, yeah. Who? Who? <laughs> who? <laughs> no Micah Parsons yet. Um, I was trying to see. Um, um, what about no Bosa either, huh? I don't think you named. I don't think you um, said Bosa. I said Joey. You said Joey, yeah. Joey, but, but not, not Nick. Nick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about that tight end for um, Kelsey? Uh, let's see here. Is he on the list so far? No, I don't think you said his name either oh, yesterday okay. or today. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, then you might be on a redneck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I'm just saying. I mean, I, based upon. Yeah. The names that we have not, not heard, yeah, not called out yet. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, I mean, and I haven't called this name yet. Um, and I would think he would certainly be. Well, no, I okay. That was he was uh, he was forty fifth because I was going to say a Aaron because uh, I, I wouldn't think that he'd be a top ten player, but um, you never know with what that dude. So again, I can guarantee you. I, I, here's what I guarantee you: mm-hmm. Parsons going to be in the top ten. Yep. Uh, Mahomes is going to be in the top 10. Joe Burrow is going to be in the top 10. Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa is going to be in the top 10. Aaron Donald's going to mm-hmm. be in the top 10. There aren't very many spots left for Lindstrom. Yeah. They're, they're, they're really, I mean, there's, there's really not a lot of spots we left. Keep hope alive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think. Am I missing somebody? Am I, am I missing somebody? I mean, is, is Khalil Mack a, uh, a top 10 player in the NFL still? Because um, I, don't, I don't think we called his name. Certainly, he's one of the 50 best players in the league. Right now, is he not? Yeah, and then we didn't call. Uh, did did uh, did uh, what's the guy? The kid in Detroit, uh, Sewell. Did he was he lower? Um, no, he was not on this list, and I don't expect him to. Yeah, be. Yeah, no, I'm just wondering. I'm yeah. just trying to think. You know, from from some upfront guys that we haven't that could possibly. Sneak well, I'm trying in to there. think about is Mahomes and is is Mahomes because if Kyle if if sorry if Josh Allen is 12, okay. How many quarterbacks are going to be in the top ten? Because it's going to be Mahomes and Burrow for yeah, sure. For sure, those two. We've already had Lamar. We've already had A.A. Ron. We've already mm-hmm. had Josh. Uh, Josh Allen. Um, just looking through here real quickly at some of the other quarterbacks that we've had on this list. Who else is a? Who am I missing? That's a. Uh, Justin Herbert's been on the list. Who am I missing? That's a top uh, top ten quarterback. Am I missing somebody? I don't think so. I, I can't. Uh, it certainly won't be Kenny Pickett or somebody like no. that. Um, but maybe I'm maybe I'm missing somebody. Maybe I'm missing a. Uh, maybe I'm missing some player. Um, because again, I think it's going to be Burrow I mean, they're, and they're Mahomes much, are going to be yeah. the only top ten quarterbacks. Yeah, I was about to say. Oh, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, a top ten player right now. Oh, that's tough. Because they mean, don't. He's not. He wasn't lower. He's not yeah, on this list. He's not on there. Yeah. And, cer- and, and certainly, when they say right now, doesn't he have to be one of the top 50 players in the NFL? Right now? Based off, because technically he had the one breakout season. Yeah. Does that qualify? 
Because what I guess how many the, how the, many quarterbacks you taking over Jalen Hurts today? Today, today, how many quarterbacks you taking over Jalen Hurts? Yeah, I mean two, I'll give you I'll two give you the, max. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, it, let me put it this way: it ain't twenty. No. Okay, so it, it ain't fifteen. I don't even know if it's ten guys that I would take no. over Jalen Hurts right now. So you would think that okay, with the quarterback position, there's probably three quarterbacks of the top ten. Aaron Donald's going to be in the top ten. Um, Michael Parsons, Michael Parsons, Nick Bosa, yeah, uh, Miles Garrett, <laughs> yeah, Miles Garrett was Tyreek Hill yes, on there. Tyreke, he was already yes, on there. Tyreek right? Hill was um, he was number sixteen. Okay, but Miles Garrett's not been on the list. That no, he's going to be a he's top ten be player. In, yeah, yeah. What position does he play? <laughs> oh, sorry. Anyway, um, so uh, again, the it's more not, you look at the advanced oh analytics, yes. the more you see how valuable sacks oh, are. Oh boy. Okay. Well, at least listen. At least we don't have to worry about our pass rush. Definitely have a what? question huh? about uh, the team's pass rush. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, maybe there are concerns. Again. Anyway. Um, yeah, it's not looking good for Lindstrom. <laughs> not looking good for... But, okay, I mean, to our discussion earlier, okay? Hmm? We've drafted four, eight, eight. Why do we not have one of the top 50 players in the league? Uh, again... How old is Sauce Gardner? How many years is how many decades in the league has he been in? <laughs> Not a decade. <laughs> okay, how many years? Say one. One year. Yeah. yeah it's gone on year two. Right. If Micah Parsons is a top ten player, what year did he come out? What year was that? That say was twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah. Say the same year as Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's say, right. Say, same draft. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So so guys can in a year, two, or three, they can establish themselves as one of the best players in the NFL. That's what it's looking like. Really? Wow. Okay. Well, that's news to me. I don't get to see much of that. Then you all understand why, or don't understand why I'm frustrated. You know? When, when is it our time? When do we get good? When, when do we start dominating? When do we have dominant players? When, you know, again, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the list. You know, the Vikings, the Bills, the Steelers, the 49ers, the Eagles, the Dolphins. Chargers, Jets, Raiders, Bengals, Broncos, Rams, you know, like all Tampa Bay, like they all got uh, uh, Green Bay. They don't have A.A. Ron. They got Jair Alexander. When do we have our guys? You think Kyle Pitts will be listed in the top 10? Oh, no. no. I mean, I don't think he will be. No. Caleb Huntley is going to start on the pup list of physically able to unable to perform list. So obviously he's coming off of um, uh, a torn Achilles uh, late in 2022. So uh, he was placed on the physically unable to perform list on Thursday. So uh, again, you know, it'll be interesting to see when he comes back. I think he can definitely be a guy that factors in to the Atlanta Falcons offense. I think he can certainly be a guy that can help them out. I mean, He's done some nice things for this team, and I think he's a guy that you keep just in case if you have a running back that gets injured. You know, again, we saw Cordero Patterson get hurt last year, and he missed some time. You know, Huntley is kind of a nice backup plan, right? Like, he's a guy that you feel like, okay, we can keep him stashed on the practice squad, and then in case of emergency, break glass, and he can come in and help us, you know, be a good football team and running the football. So, um I tell you, I'm still ticked off about, you know, where we're at and 
Are we going to have a top 10 player? Are we going to have a guy on the top 10? I'm going to keep hope alive for Lindstrom. Yeah. Yeah, I got to hope. I got to hope. Unless they sneak A.J. Terrell. They they wouldn't sneak A.J. Terrell in over. They wouldn't sneak him in over Sauce Gardner. They they wouldn't sneak him in over Sauce Gardner and Jalen Ramsey, right? Mm -mm, No. That's why I say. How how long has Patrick Sertain been in the league? He's got he's got like two decades in the league, right? No. How, what? No. Huh? Not at all. Oh. How about Jamar Chase? Like he's he's got to have at least a decade in the league, right? No. What? No. I don't huh? think anybody on that list has a decade in the, well outside of Aaron. Anybody else? I don't think so. Um. Seems like seems like Jalen Ramsey's been in the league for a hundred years. Um. <laughs> I'm just looking through some of these uh, these lists. Jeffrey Simmons feels like he's been around forever today. Zach Martin feels like he's been around yeah. forever today. Yeah, he, Zach Martin's 32 years old, yeah, so he's yeah, got to yeah. be pretty. So he's got to be pretty close. Aaron, Aaron, yeah. Aaron. Yeah. Uh, How long's Tristan Wirfs been in the NFL? He's been in. He's been in like a decade and a half, right? Okay. <laughs> no. uh, yeah. Anyway, um, all right. Desmond Ritter talking about uh, growing his connection with his two monsters in Drake London and uh, Kyle Pitts. He said, uh, obviously, quote, this is a quote from uh, Ritter uh, talking to ESPN this week. Uh, quote, obviously, Drake and I had a great connection last year. For myself and Kyle, we didn't get as many reps as we'd like to last year. So for me, it was just about keep developing that relationship with Drake and then obviously build that relationship with Kyle, whether it's playing golf on the weekends or actually being out there and working on our crafts together and just growing that connection both on and off the field. So, um, you know, again, look, I mean, it's it's going to be a lot of pressure on Ritter to get the ball to these guys. Well, the easiest thing for me to do for me is just putting it uh, where they can get it. They're two monsters outside the ball. Uh, just put it in their vicinity, and they're able to go up and get it. The hardest thing would be probably missing just because they're so big and they can cover a wide range of area. So, you know, it's hard to miss them. So, Okay, um, are we gonna have anybody in the top ten? Are we gonna have anybody in the top fifty? Are you mean to tell me that our franchise doesn't have a top fifty player, regardless of position, in the NFL? You you mean to tell me that our football team doesn't have a single solitary player in the top fifty? How many guys are on offense? How many guys play offense? 11 and 11. Uh, how many guys play defense? 11. All right, so 11 plus 11, carry to 5, four, divide by 3, <laughs> add 6. So that's like 20-something players, right, yeah. on offense and defense. Yeah. You mean to tell me we don't have one guy in the top 50? We're rooting for Lindstrom. We're rooting for Lindstrom. Well, at least Sauce Gardner. Does it come Sauce out tomorrow? Gardner's been, yeah, Sauce Gardner's been in the league for a decade, right? <laughs> No. Jason Longshore going to join us up next. Chuck Green, the Key Studios, Sports Radio, 929 The Game, the app.
Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back at it, Chuck Show. Hanging out in the Key Studios Thursday night with you. 404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Well, Atlanta United uh, enjoying a little break uh, in the world of uh, MLS, and um, uh, they won't be back uh, for a little while here, uh, although they do play coming up here in League's Cup action coming up on Tuesday the 25th against uh, Inter-Miami, and um, then they have uh, on the 29th, uh, who is it, Cruz Alzul? Is that like Raz Agul uh, in the Batman movie? Anyway, a uh, couple of League's Cup matches coming up here. Let's head out to the WadeFord.com hotline. Let's talk to the man in the know. He knows everything about uh, Atlanta United, our buddy Jason Longshore, color analyst for all things uh, Atlanta United, part of our broadcast team of Jason and uh, Mike uh, Mike Connie. Um, Jason's on Twitter, at Longshoe. Jason, as always, my friend, appreciate uh, a few minutes on the show with, you, uh, with me tonight. Nah. Thanks for having me on, as always. Okay. Um, so, 840, Jason, we do this thing called What's Bugging Chuckery. And, oh, boy. Um, yeah, I, I I have got some real thoughts about this story that I saw. And, again, Atlanta United has kind of come out and said that they have no plans to install grass um, for their match on September 16th when – Lionel Messi comes in with Inter Miami and all that. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, why should I, – I know they want Messi here, and he's never played a game on turf. But why would Atlanta United I, – I, I mean, am I missing something about – why would Atlanta United just cave in and and do something like this, just even if it's temporary? Why would Atlanta United go to the expense of putting a grass field on – just for the sake of having Messi here. Well, I think that's why Garth Augerway said that they're not and why Charlotte came out and said the same thing. You know, I mean, at one, there's a – I don't know where it started. I don't know if it's just an assumption that Messi won't play on turf. He's never said that. That's never come out of his mouth. There, you can't find a quote because it doesn't exist. Like, He's a different kind of guy than Zlatan. And I think a lot of people compare it to Zlatan Ibrahimovic and his time with the LA Galaxy where he did avoid playing on turf. Zlatan is also a very different kind of individual. And he also had uh, multiple knee injuries and, and surgeries. His last one, they didn't think he was going to come back from. And he ended up having kind of a, a miracle last run in his career that included his time in MLS. You're talking about a very different situation than a Lionel Messi who has never really had any significant injuries in his career. No, he hasn't played on turf, but he hasn't said that he won't. And you also have to remember who his manager is now in Miami in Tata Martino, who played here on turf. And also, and I think the biggest point about it is when Tata Martino was in charge of the Mexican national team, we see in some stadiums, grass brought in for Mexican national team games in the United States. Well, didn't happen at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And Tata Martino talked about how great the turf was at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So that kind of sets up the the situation where, one, I don't think Messi's just going to skip the game to begin with. And, and two, I don't think his club's really going to look all that great if he did. So 
no, I'm with you. Atlanta shouldn't just do something because nobody else does it in the world. Well, like they and, shouldn't do that. And let me ask you, Jason, because, again, I, I am hopelessly ignorant on this topic, but it would just seem to me like how many opportunities would he have had to play on turf? I mean, I would think that most of your stadiums through Europe and the Middle East and things like that are open-air stadiums that feature natural grass. I mean, I'm I'm not trying to disrespect the country of Iran or Iraq, but I don't know that they have the technology to even put in. Again, they can't can't build a wall without it getting blown up from a bomb. What makes you think that they can put down a, a, you know, compatible AstroTurf type of field? I mean, I just don't know where he would even have the opportunity to play many matches on a a turf-type field. No, having come up in Argentina when he was very, very young, it wasn't common. It's not common now. It, it didn't happen then. When he went to Spain, um, I, I think he possibly could have trained on some turf fields during his time at Barcelona, and there could have been some youth games during his time there before he broke into the first team that was on turf. Um Outside of that, I mean, that's where he's played. France, they, they, you're, again, you're right. They don't have domed stadiums. They don't have stadiums that host a multitude of events. And I think when you get into the logistics of grass, and yes, it is something that the stadium will have to sort out for the World Cup in 2026, which they knew when they submitted a bid to host games in the World Cup. And there are plans for this, and that's a different conversation than a one-off. There aren't many stadiums in the world that host the number of events that Mercedes-Benz Stadium hosts, and it's built to host multiple events. It's not purely a soccer stadium or purely an NFL stadium. It's both, along with a concert venue and everything else that they do there. So it's not built to have grass on a regular basis. Could the technology change down the road and give you that ability Sure, and I'm sure that these are things that, that everyone is keeping up with. But I'll also tell you this. There's been plenty of grass fields in this league that I've seen games played on that are not good and are more of an injury risk than playing on one of the best turf surfaces in the world. Jason Longshore, color analyst for all things Land United, joining me here on the waitfor.com hotline. I was reading an article from thestriker.com and they were kind of breaking down Atlanta United. And it is a little bit fascinating because when you look at Atlanta United, I mean, it really is. And, again, we've talked about this, you know, between me and you. We've we've brought this up. But just when you look at some of the numbers, that their attack is really strong and probably overperforming in a lot of ways. And then you flip to the defensive side of things. And as good as they really are on offense – it's just as bad on defense. It really is a fascinating look at some of the numbers and stuff like that because, again, you look at how well they score and how many guys that they have playing really well on offense, but you can just literally flip that coin around to the other side and the exact opposite is happening on the defensive side. I mean, we talk about this a lot, but, again, it just I don't know what the answer is or how this thing gets better, but... It is fascinating just to look at how this team has performed on both sides of the ball this year. That's why the the conversation about this team this year has been so frustrating at times because you're making plays in the offensive third that 
exceed the numbers you might be able to show in terms of chances created and the quality of those chances. Expected goals can be a, a good metric. It can also be a little bit misleading at times. But Atlanta's outperforming that. Okay, so they're scoring more goals than they should have. All right? You flip that the other way, and you, you can't point at one without the other. They're giving up more goals than they should be giving up. And there, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense at times when you look at it because you look at all the metrics of how many chances they're giving up and how many shots they're giving up and what the XG is and how many times they're letting teams get into the attacking half and the final third. And, I mean, everything you can look at to find a good defensive team, you're going to see that in the numbers on Atlanta United except for the goals allowed. And, and it just comes down to, in my opinion – a very non-analytic answer of you're making plays in the attacking third, Tiago Almada, Yorgos Yakamakis, two guys who make plays. You're not making plays in the defensive third. And if you're looking for a number, the one that I've talked about a lot on Atlanta soccer tonight is blocks and football reference uh, tracks blocks in terms of block passes and block shots. And Atlanta United is in the bottom five in both categories. That's increased here lately, and I think you've seen a little bit of improvement on the defensive side. But that's the one that if you can find a metric that quantifies making plays, and it's something Gonzalo Pineda has talked about a lot this season, blocks is one, and Atlanta United hasn't blocked many shots or blocked many passes. Getting better, and I think maybe that third center back just helps give you that little extra layer of freedom you're not the last man back. You're the next to last man back. So you can step out and be a little more aggressive. And maybe that is long-term what starts to bring things back to the meeting. Jason, talk to me a little bit about this league's cup. I mean, you know, I know a little bit about it. They, you know, again, MLS and, and Leisure MX clubs are going to compete in a, a month long tournament. And it is a CONCACAF type of competition, but you know, at the end of the day, and I know Atlanta United wants to win this thing. I mean, I, I understand that part of it. But take me take me a little bit deeper into this. Is this a chance to kind of work on things, play some other guys? I mean, talk me through just how they approach a competition like this, besides just trying to win. What they do, you know, is it a chance to try to fix some things? I mean, Kind of talk me through this competition that's coming up here over this next month. It's going to be interesting to see how all the teams around the league take it. And I think you see this with cup competitions around the world. And, like, I can't wait to see how NBA teams handle their in-season tournament because I think it's going to be similar. You're going to have some teams that are in good shape. They know how they want to play to finish out the season. They're in a good position maybe they give guys a rest who have played a whole lot of minutes this season. Maybe this competition isn't as important for them. Other teams, this competition could be the only thing they win this season, and they're going to go all in for it. You've got Miami's situation with trying to incorporate every single former Barcelona player they can find at the last minute here to join this team and figure it out on the fly with a giant spotlight on you. And I think Atlanta United is kind of in a little bit of an in-between. I think they're going to go for it because that's just the nature of the club and that's the nature of the competitiveness within that coaching staff and within that locker room. 
But I think you're also going to see Tristan Muyamba, for example, just joining the team. It's an opportunity to, to give him potentially 180 minutes or more to start to get into the mix of how Gonzalo Pineda wants him to play, how he creates those connections with the players around him. It gives you games to get Miles Robinson into this three center back setup. Because remember, he was away on national team duty when they moved to three center backs. Not a major change. He's played in a three center back setup before, but gives you a couple of games. The biggest thing for me and in conversations I've had with Gonzalo Pineda, if you get out of the group stage and it's two games in the group stage, you play at Miami and then you host Cruz Azul, two out of three teams get through, you should get through. Then you're in knockout games, which is exactly like the playoffs. And you get that playoff kind of vibe and intensity, and you get the experience of dealing with it before you actually have to deal with it. I think it can be a big momentum boost for this team that has the capability of of winning trophies but hasn't made enough plays at times this season to be in that position. Losing those games in the Open Cup, now you get an opportunity to kind of make that back with a run in this tournament and get some games under your belt and hopefully learn how to win those close 1-0 games that you're going to have to win in the playoffs. Does this come at a good time for Atlanta United? I mean, is it good to just kind of get away from some league action? I mean, just kind of the way some things have fallen here of late. Does this kind of come at a good time for them? Or, you know, do you think that it would be better if they just got back into MLS action right away and just tried to work through some of their challenges so far? I think it comes at a great time, honestly, because you go into this and it's a a clean slate. You know, you you have a a zero, zero, and zero record, and you get two games to get into a knockout tournament. I think it comes at a perfect time after the Orlando loss that was frustrating, team was exhausted, gave up, got beat on two plays. Honestly, you get beat on two plays, and that's the game because there wasn't a whole lot else in that game against Orlando. It gives you an opportunity to move on, and you're going to get a crazy atmosphere down in Fort Lauderdale with Lionel Messi maybe making his Miami debut. It's going to be the first MLS team he plays against. He's expected to play on Friday night, but that's not a guarantee against Cruz Azul when they open the tournament. You're going to get a huge spotlight on Tuesday and then a big game against a Mexican team on Saturday at home. And those games always have that little extra edge. So I think it's perfect timing, and I think it's a good opportunity to go in with that clean slate and try to make a run in this tournament. Well, Jason, uh, September 16th, when that rolls around, I will try to be at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and I will give double middle fingers to Messi. I'll do snow angels on the turf. I'll start drinking beer, and, um, you know, we'll celebrate having turf because uh, that's that's kind of the way I am. I, I, I embrace full Aeolian um, when it comes to uh, those kinds of things. I know. You're the king of the heel section. Yeah, I know. absolutely. I, I, I fully embrace uh, all of it, so – Jason, join us here on the WaitFor.com hotline. You can follow him on his personal Twitter page, at Longshoe, as he is the color analyst for all things Atlanta United. Jason, as always, my friend, appreciate the time. Thanks uh, for a few minutes tonight. We'll chat again soon. We'll talk soon. Thanks. You got it. When we come back, it will be time for What's Bugging Chuck. We already kind of teased it. Because, again, screw messy. <laughs> Chuck Green, the Kia Studios. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, the Odyssey.com app.
Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Back at a Chuckery show. Hanging out in the Kia Studios. 404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to uh, be a part of the show. Uh, we're going to talk to my friend uh, Chris Goforth coming up at the top of the hour. Kind of as uh, wrapping up the conversation for SEC Media Days. As things wrapped up today. Um, I know Lane Kiffin, Shane Beamer, and was there somebody else? That spoke today. Did uh, Josh Heupel speak today? I think it might have been Josh Heupel as well. So um, I know those other two coaches spoke uh, for sure uh, today. Um, you know, it was good that the Braves won, but even better that when you look at what happened um, across the uh, NL East, the Brewers shut out the Philadelphia Phillies. The White Sox beat the Mets, and the Marlins uh, did not play uh, today. So they had the day off. So um, so not only was it a good day for the Braves, but uh, the Mutts and the Philadelphia Phillies both lost. So, again, they're really closing that gap. I mean, it's it's getting tight. Ten and a half games, and we're at the end of July. It's really getting tight now. It's, it's becoming a tight race. It, it really feels like that Philly and the Mutts and the Marlins are really going to make a big surge and win this division. Really feels like that they are on top of things, and, and they're – Trending in the right direction. Yeah, here we go. Ready? F the Mets. F the Mets. Step right up and F the Mets. Bring the kitties. Bring your wife. They're going to suck for the rest of your life. Yeah. Did I ever tell you that I hate the mutts? That I really I really hate them? Yeah, yeah. you did. Yeah, yeah. I, I really... I'm I'm still angry. Yeah. What's the one word you like to use? Loathe. Yeah, loathe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I loathe the Mets. Uh, I loathe the Red Sox. Who we'll see here uh, coming up and you know, after the weekend, first of the week, uh, we'll see the Red Sox and uh, they'll be up in uh, Fenway Park. Will the Braves? Braves should tee off on Red Sox pitching um, up there. But can I tell you, I'm still ticked off about the fact that we're looking at the top 50 players of the NFL and I don't see one guy. On, on list 11 through 50, and there's not one Falcon that's on list. Every other team has got guys on it, right? Even even the Jets and all that kind of stuff, they got guys. They, they got guys. They got, they well, got. And the problem is you said top 50 now. Yeah. But top 50 you right got now. guys on there that have been in the league. Oh, for decades, right? Yeah. Like I mean, like Sauce Gardner has been in the league for decades, right? <laughs> well, I was Michael talking Parsons, about Michael Parsons Rogers, been in the league for, but Well, Michael Parsons has <laughs> been in the league for decades, right? I no, mean, oh, no. no, they haven't? Oh. Oh. So that's the, you know, uh, I, I, I got to believe Chris Lindstrom's going to make it. I know that I know we said there's a lot of names out there that we know for sure are going to be on there in that top 10. Uh, but I'm just I'm holding hope. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, when when you I mean, let's just very quickly, because we're going to get to what's bugging Chuck right here, because I got a lot to say, um, you know, again, we certainly feel like that our pass rush. We certainly feel like our pass rush is is in really good shape, right? Like we we feel like our pass rush is is dominant. We feel like it's it's going to be good to go, and and we're going to win Definitely a lot of games. Have what? a question about uh, uh, the team's pass rush? Oh, okay, all right. Well, okay, but again, though, we feel like that you know with our run defense and our pass because really sacks don't mean as much anymore. The more you look what? at the advanced huh? analytics. The more you see how valuable sacks are. Say what? Huh? The more you look at the advanced yeah, okay. analytics, right. the more you see how and, valuable sacks and, oh, are. And, oh, oh, boy. 
Oh, boy. Okay. All right. All right. With that, um, let's get to what's bugging Chuckery. Don't look now, but somebody out there just got Chuckery ticked off. <laughs> like, that's hard. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. It's time for What's Bugging Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. So, I, you know, again, we talked about this with Jason Longshore at the start of the interview. So, Lionel Messi has never played on artificial turf. And there are reports that say that he won't play on turf fields. Now, to Jason's point, he's never said that. But you know what? If he comes here on September 16th, and doesn't want to play in Mercedes-Benz Stadium because they don't have turf. And Garth Lagaway made it very clear. They are not switching the field. They are not going to grass on a temporary basis. Okay? Not going to grass on any kind of temporary basis uh, for all this. And I applaud him. You know what? Here's the thing. For a lot of clubs in MLS, they need Lionel Messi to show up in their stadium to draw interest, okay? But once again, Atlanta United leads by a large margin in attendance. Atlanta United is averaging 45,081 fans in attendance for their home stadiums. Second is Charlotte at 34,394. In fact, Atlanta United has had an attendance of 540,977. Seattle is second most with 414,403, and they have played one more match than Atlanta United has at home. Atlanta United is averaging, uh, sorry, Atlanta United last year averaged 41,116 fans. They're almost 4,000 fans up over year over year. And in 2021, when everybody wanted to get back after the pandemic, they averaged 43,576. So about 1,500 fans more than what they were averaging two years ago right after the pandemic when everyone wanted to get back. And over last year, almost uh, 4,000 fans. Can I tell you, screw you, Lionel Messi, if you're not going to play. You know what? I'm going to make it my mission in life to be there on September 16th. And I'm going to do snow angels on the field. I'm going to drink beer. I'm going to middle finger Lionel Messi if he's in the building. I'm going to middle finger Tata Martino. And I'm going to tell him that this is the greatest field in Major League history, MLS history. By the way, they have the they have a rating on their field, Okay. Like, their field is rated um, the highest standard that you can have in, um, in MLS. It's, it's, FIFA, it's FIFA's highest rating, which is called FIFA Pro. It's the, highest, it's the highest achievement you can have in FIFA for certification of your field, their playing surface. It's the best field you can have in FIFA standards. So you know what? Screw Lionel Messi. Screw Inter-Miami. And by the way, why would we do anything that makes Messi and Atlanta and, and uh, Inter-Miami more comfortable? Why would we do anything to help them or improve their... We don't need the people there. Sorry. I mean, we've drawn half a million people thus far. We're the highest attendance. We're the highest average per game. 
were, again, drawing more people, almost 4,000 more people year over year. It's almost 10% more year over year that we're drawing. So for the one-time bump and the additional cost that it would incur, why would we do that? Why would we rip up our field, which has the highest certification possible by FIFA, just to accommodate Messi? Screw him. Screw Inter-Miami. Screw everybody associated with MLS that thinks we should do this. And by the way, like, what are you going to do as far as grass goes? So you're going to put down a whole bunch of sod and then rip it up a week later? Like, what sense does that make? Why would you, again, I would tell you, Day Day, that it would make more sense to have put down grass for Taylor Swift when she was here. Because she brought a yeah, lot more money. money yeah. She bought a hell of a lot more money in the city than what Lionel Messi's going to bring in. By the way, have you seen Taylor Swift? They say they estimate that she's going to bring in $4.6 billion yeah. to the U.S. economy. Mm-hmm. $4.6 billion to the U.S. economy. So we made a lot more money with Taylor Swift in town than we ever did with Lionel Messi in town. So screw Lionel Messi. Have I said that before? Screw Lionel Messi? Yeah, yeah. I hope he shows up with a mutts hat on and we can give him middle fingers, drink beer in front of him, and do snow angels on our turf. That's what I want to see. I want to see every Atlanta United player and coach, okay, do snow angels on the turf. I want to see them do swimming motions on the turf. And I want to see Atlanta United players double middle finger every chance they get Inner Miami, Tata, Lionel Messi, anybody who's associated with that organization if they decide they don't want to play. And I hope Lionel Messi does the right thing and he plays here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. If he's scared of the turf, you know what? Somebody should spike him at that point. Somebody should go to the sidelines and spike him on a, on a cheap shot play. I'm dead serious about it, too. I, again, we run this league. We've got we've got the best stadium, the best field, the highest attendance, more people pay to go see Atlanta United than any team in MLS. Sorry, Cha-Cha, but we're doing just fine here, okay? Again, as Jack Nicholson said in, um, what was that name of that movie? Uh, as Good As It Gets, okay? Go sell crazy somewhere else. We're all stocked up here, and that's what's bugging Chuckery. All right. Bunch of goofballs. Screw Lionel Messi. Have I said that before? Yeah, yeah. you did. Yeah. F him. F him. We, you know what? When September 16th rolls around, if he's not going to play here, we may do an F Messi song. We may do F the Messi. That's what we may do. We may, we may come up with our own song and just F the Messi. So, anyway. All right. When we get back from the top of the hour, we're going to talk to my friend Chris Goforth as uh, SEC Media Day is wrapping up. Chuck Green at Kia Studios. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, the Odyssey.com app. 